Welcome to Football in 40 and our first podcast about this 2023 Longhorn football team. Last Saturday, the Longhorns got the win in the spring game. We're going to talk football and break down spring camp and the new team here with you all. Of our regulars, it's just Andrew Harris, myself, and Bowen Kai. Jake cared enough about this podcast to actually attend the spring game, but not the spring game podcast show. Thanks, Jake. It's been a few months since we all joined you last. Since our last episode, we've had a basketball team go to the Elite Eight and a swimming and diving team surprisingly not win the Natty. Let's get started here talking about our spring football team. Where was everyone at 1 p.m. when the spring game started on Saturday? Andrew? Uh, well, I was in front of a TV watching the game. I think Bo had a better experience on Saturday, so I'll let him take it away. Yeah, had a great time. Um, honestly, at 1 p.m., I was walking out of the parking garage because parking was pretty difficult on on Saturday, even if a spring game. So that was a good thing and, and a bad thing, I guess. But um, yeah, was able to attend the game on Saturday. Had a great time being back in the stadium. Um, pretty good attendance overall as well. So yeah, Jake was there. A few other friends were there too. So had a great time. I was mowing my yard unaware that the game was occurring if i'm being honest and getting ready to go to hamilton's birthday uh dinner which we had at el tiempo here in houston so i just watched the rerun of this game which is probably more of it than the average texas football fan so i feel um you know I feel knowledgeable enough about this spring game topic to make a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're in a good podcast. No worries. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Um, I guess, you know, there was a lot that, that happened during the game. It was a little wonky with black and green jerseys. Um, the telecast was, was different than what we're used to in a typical football game, but I think all that's expected. Um, what was y'all's favorite moment from the spring game? Bowen? Yeah, we touched on it a little bit ago. Um, I, honestly, like my favorite moment was just being back in the stadium. Like we, by the time we had gotten to our seats, all the ones, all the s- seats on the west side, lower bowl, under the shade were already taken. Um, but we found some on like the northwest side. And so we had a pretty good vantage point of, of the south end zone and of the field. And it was just nice to be back in there. Um, some folks on the Longhorn Band were there, um, you know. And and it was just good to feel feel that electricity and that energy again. What about you, Andy? Would you, would you like? Yeah, I I wish I was there. Um, if I was in Austin, I definitely would have joined y'all. But uh, uh, for me, it was kind of more of a comical moment than anything else. Um, just seeing Jaden Blue, um, he made a quote business decision <laughs> with. Uh, the trick play from Xavier Worthy. And um, I mean, if it was a real game, he would have been absolutely roasted. Um, he still probably got made uh, fun of a little bit on Twitter and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's just, it was just hilarious how he just totally gave up on the pass and like just did not care at all. I'm sure Sark like just ripped into him um, this week after the game. But uh, yeah, I just, I've never seen that on the football field. You see that in basketball a lot with uh, with guys not trying to block a shot or something or block a dunk. But, uh, 
yeah, he just made a business decision, and I, that was honestly the first time I've ever seen that in football. I really hope that doesn't continue, because if it does, then that will not be funny. But I don't know. Kev, what about you? I don't mind that for a spring game. Like, to my knowledge, I don't think we had any injuries in the game, and I'm willing to you know, joke about the guy but really not care for the sake of him keeping keeping healthy. I think uh, – my favorite part was seeing some of the new players. Um, of course, you know, the quarterback play was cool to watch and it was fun to finally see Arch Manning on the field. Um, I was really impressed with our wide receiver, Jonte Cook. Um, he got downfield wide open several times and our deep passing game was pretty good across all the quarterbacks. Um, and then seeing the recent transfer from Georgia, I think A.D. Mitchell, he was wearing a non-contact jersey, but got a lot of action early on. So um, in these games, I just realized, like, wow, there's there's so much churn in the roster in the offseason. And we've we've got a lot of players to learn about in the coming months, which is getting me more excited about the season upcoming for sure. Uh, of some of those new players or existing players, which ones impressed you the most, Andrew? Uh, I, I, I have an answer, but it's Bo's guy. I can't take it from him. So I'll let, let him take, um, his guy in just a second. But other than him, um, I really liked what Baron Sorrell did. Um, I mean, you don't technically have sacks in the spring game, but I just felt like he was flying all over the field. I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, I, we haven't had a really good defensive end in a bit, and I, I think he is going to be a, a great defensive end for us and got me really excited for um, for him this season, and hopefully we can develop the other side of the field um, on the D-line, but um, at least for his position, I think he's, uh, he's going to be a monster, but Bo, I'll let you take credit for your guy. <laughs> Yeah. So uh for for longtime listeners of the pod, you'll you'll maybe y'all may remember about a year ago we did our our draft of, of freshmen and, and transfers, um, which quick plug will be coming pretty soon as our next podcast episode as well. So stay tuned. Um and if y'all remember for my last pick of that draft, I took Mr. Malik the QB. And, you know, 22 was up and down. He was just plagued with injuries and, um, you know, a lot of speculation if he was going to leave or what what was going to happen. Um, but he really showed out on Saturday. He looked good. Um, he was throwing some dots out there. He looked pretty comfortable in the pocket, too. And, of course, it's just a spring game. But um, for the draft, we are doing a dynasty draft. So I'm going to get some dividends on my Malik, my Malik selection maybe this year in, in the backup role. So, pretty excited about that and yeah he looked pretty good like kev said um i think the deep ball to jonte um that was definitely you know my my highlight of, of the spring game too so that was that was fun to see yeah and right before that play he threw another deep ball potentially on yeah. the exact same play that was dropped and would have gone for a touchdown it wasn't to jonte cook um i think it was number six i'm still learning some of these players but right in the hands 40 to 45 yards downfield yeah, and it was essentially two touchdowns in a row, which is yeah. Impossible that that was right in front of us too, and like I forgot who it was. Was it Tom? DeAndre Andy, Moore. Andy, you probably know. DeAndre Moore. He's another freshman. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I like raise my hands, you know, like I was just like doing the touchdown symbol and then he, he like drops it. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I was just like, here we go again. Your gut was probably like Xavier. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. But Hey, it worked out. Still got, still got the highlight. Yeah. A lot of, (laughs) a lot of my takes and understanding from the spring game come from the commentary because I watched, you know, a rerun of ESPN essentially, which was really good, by the way. RG3 was commentating. And he said near the end of the telecast that he thought the standout player was Malik Murphy over, over Quinn. Um, There were several times where he re-ran or, you know, replayed things that Malik had done quickly that were missed. And he was calling attention to his arm strength and how he could throw the ball across his body and still have a lot of velocity. Um, There was also one point where Colt McCoy was being interviewed as the game's being played. And they asked him about Malik and he said that he had stood next to Malik a few minutes prior and was amazed. He said he was bigger than Vince Young and looks like he has a stronger and better arm than Vince. So a lot of respect and accolades coming from some Longhorn legends and Baylor legends for Malik. So I can't agree more. He, like, I, I want to see him play a lot more this season. Well, you know that, um, I forget what the exact stat is, but, like, it, it's something crazy. Like, since the year 2000, only, like, three seasons has a starting QB for Texas gone through the whole season um, wow. as, like, the starter. So there's probably a significant chance that he does play at some point this year. I look forward to that. I hope it's under the right circumstances. You don't want it to come after injury. Right, um, right. But I I said earlier, I think the the standout player for me was was Jonte Cook, just blowing past um, defenders. But, you know, agreed with Andrew. The standout was Malik. We'll let Bowen take credit for that. Um, <laughs> other, other freshmen specifically that caught y'all's eye, Andy? Uh, so yeah, I mean, Jonte, I think had the best spring game out of, out of a freshman, but Anthony Hill, he is a five-star linebacker that came to Texas. He, they kind of lined him up all over the field. Um, um, Mike Weekside linebacker, um, on the line as well. And, um, he, he just, uh, he's still raw. He's still, I I feel like he has a little bit to learn with the game, um, on it on a collegiate level, but you can see the talent. And um, I think he really has um, some real good pass rush ability. Um, And yeah, I I just think he's going to be a superstar um, by the time he leaves Texas. So that's probably the freshman um, I'm most excited about for Texas. So I'll go with Anthony Hill. Yeah. Bowen. Yeah. Nice for me. I'll go quick. I mean, Kevin mentioned it too, but yeah, Jonte definitely impressed me as a freshman. He definitely looked, he like, he, to me, he looked like the best receiver we had out there on Saturday. And that's even including Xavier. Um, so I'm super excited about him and just to see his growth. Um, potentials definitely, definitely up. Yeah. On the telecast, they described his, his build. If you haven't seen the spring game or looked into this year's team as he, he's about as tall as Xavier worthy, but heavier so um maybe a little stronger than than him or a lot stronger than him because i think he's a year or two younger than xavier worthy 
Another question on Jonte. With our wide receiver lineup, do you think that he'll crack the starting lineup? Yeah, I well, dude, I don't know if he will like technically ever be a starter unless there's an injury. I think he's going to get a lot of snaps though. Um, and so I don't know if it will be starter level snaps for like a single game, but mm. I think he's going to be a, like way more of a significant, significant contributor than just like a, what fifth, sixth string wide receiver or fifth, the fifth, sixth wide receiver on the team. If that makes yeah, sense. Cause because I, I, cause ideally it's like Nayor, Worthy, and Whittington, huh? And uh, probably A.D. Mitchell, too. I mean, oh, I think right. A.D. Mitchell, um, I think he will probably start. But, I mean, Nair is going to play a lot, too. Um, but, I mean, Jonte is right there. And I agree with you, Bo. I think he did look the best out of all the receivers. So Yeah. Dang, our, our, our receiver room is pretty stacked. Um, in case our listeners missed it, um, one of the freshmen that I personally was excited about last year was Savion Red, and he actually made the switch over to the running back room. So um, I think he that looked, speaks. He looked good too. He looked really good. <laughs> yeah, I think it speaks to the depth in the in the receiver room, yeah. and we and we have pretty good depth in the running back room too. I mean, yeah, I guess better shot in in the running back room, huh? Yeah, I mean it's running back is uh, it's just interesting because we lose Bijan and Roshan, so it's a lot of inexperience, but also a lot of talent there too. So it'll be interesting to see, and I bet running the running back position gets better as the year goes on. But we'll see. Uh, one last question before we take a quick break. But how are y'all feeling about Arch um, after his spring game performance? Yeah, personally, I mean, like, I wasn't expecting all that much. Um, I was just excited to see him on the field, the Manning on the jersey. Um, he's an early enrollee. He's lost his ID twice. He still has senioritis, you know. When we were seniors in high school, when it was spring semester, I was not doing any work. I was I was just chilling, you know. Obviously, he's not in the same situation as me, but I think of him, he's just an 18-year-old. Um, he definitely looked like one out there on Saturday. I think the media just had a field day with it because it's an easy way to get clicks and um, get the impressions. But, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about it. He didn't, he didn't look great by all means, but I think it's fine. And it's not like we have the expectation that he's going to be legitimately competing for a starting role, because if you want to chalk it up to the Manning family or coaching staff or whatever you want, like, I think a casual observer has read several things about his plan is to, you know, either redshirt or basically not play this season and learn college football steadily. So it's not like a marquee freshman hits the field in the spring game and you're looking for an immediate impact. So, yeah, I, I wrote in my notes and I'm reading this verbatim. He scrambled a lot. <laughs> I wrote. <laughs> he did. He definitely I wrote. Did. Arch looks like a newborn baby deer running around the field, locking his knees and stumbling around. He I mean, looks fairly like accurate. <laughs> an uncoordinated little kid out there. Um, but like I said, there's, there's no expectation that he's going to be, you know, the one in the savior of the program year one. He's got a lot of time to develop his body and 
um, meet all the Zetas and, and then get on the field when it really matters. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, I just want to one word answer from both y'all before we go to break, but uh who transfers out of the program first, Malik or Arch? Malik. Probably Malik too. Yeah, Arch. I feel like he'll be oh wow. Yeah, I think I think Malik will probably be more impatient. I kind of see him like in a Hudson card, Cameron rising kind of kind of position this going into this year. If yeah. one had to transfer, who would you want to transfer? Wow. Bowen, I'm going to put you on the spot. Five, four. Probably Malik. I probably three. want Malik to transfer. <laughs> I mean, you can't. The arch hype is, the ceiling is, I'm, I'm bought into the hype. Yeah. I, I think you have to go with Malik. And in all seriousness, I, I think Malik is more likely to transfer because um, I, I don't think you can let a Manning transfer. That's just my take. Just, just to make this things interesting, I'm going to say, you know, if you put a gun to my head, it's Arch. After seeing how well developed and understanding Malik is of the offense already compared to Arch, yeah. But hot takes, hot takes on football in the forty. <laughs> Probably would have been smarter for us not to ask or answer that question. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was a, a good recap of the spring game. Just getting into the twenty twenty three season. There's a lot to look forward to, especially with it being our last season in the Big Twelve. Um, we've got more after you, more for you after this break. Thanks. This football on the 40 episode is brought to you by hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare. Like why Amazon bought one medical and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. All righty, we're back. Um, back here to talk more about spring football. Um, we, we talked a lot about the positives of the spring game in the last segment, but, uh, you know, we got to bring up some concerns as well. So, Bo, I want to hear from you. What, what concerned you about the spring game? Yeah, honestly, um, two things. One, I know it was just a spring game, so I'll caveat that with this or this with that. I honestly expected Quinn to show more. Um, there were a few – what I felt like were routine plays, like timing plays, timing throws that he just missed. Either it was behind on a crossing route or too far on a deep ball. I mean, he did have that nice connection with X, which hopefully um, is not the exception. Um, but yeah, I, I expected I, I expected to see more. Some of his comments post game though, and what he's been showing, definitely excited about that. Like I think. I really like his mentality going into going into this season, so I am cautiously optimistic. What what um, was his post game commentary like? Yeah, I think it was. Um, he was just mostly some comments around. I mean, some of it was may, maybe just um, team speak, but it was just talking about like being focused going into this year and how last year he couldn't really like 
um, you know, definitely left, I guess, some meat on the bone uh, last season and kind of helped that feed that into some of his motivation going into this year as well. So um, I think those are my, like, I guess, high level takeaways. Um, Andy, if you remember any like specific quotes or any, any, anything else there, um, you know, definitely, definitely feel free to add. Yeah. I mean, I listened to it, but it's been a few days, so yeah, I'm kind of blanking on the exact quotes from the presser. Okay. No worries. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just I think like the mindset and mentality more so than I'd seen before. Um, so that was nice. And then so that was the first thing I I expected more, but still optimistic. And then the second piece, yeah, I guess Andy talked a little bit around some of the um, guys he saw on the defensive side with like Hill and Sorrell looking good. Um, I, some of that was probably easier to see like on the broadcast. Like I couldn't really get that good of a sense of it. And I think like at a macro level, I never really know how like the trenches are doing. Like, I don't know if they were doing well because the offensive line sucked and it's kind of like a carousel or vice versa. Like if they were getting home and if they actually look good or, you know, I, I never know what to expect. And I think we, we all never know what to expect because sometimes we'll, we'll hear like, or read about the, practice reports in fall camp and they're like oh yeah the defense is going to be high flying they're going to be sick this year yeah you're referring and, to the misinformation right <laughs> the misinformation <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and then we and then we and then we blink and it's week six and we have two and a half sacks as a team <laughs> yeah so i i think i think those were those were some of my concerns i mean you're not you're not going to see a sack for sure because you know we're going to protect them in the spring game but i didn't really see see them get home all that much yeah. yeah, I I second I second what you say, Bo. You just never know what the trenches look like because um, it's it's like a net sum altogether. It's like if one side looks good, other side looks bad, vice versa. And um, I guess on a macro level, um, we have a ton of talent on the offensive line, and they did relatively well last year. But I think Bijan and Roshan covered up for the offensive line a good amount last year. And I, I really want them to take a step forward um, with their progress this year. And so I guess that's what concerns me the most is that in the spring game, there were some injuries to the offensive line. Um, a couple guys didn't play, but um, overall, I, I'm just uh, slightly concerned, not overly concerned, just slightly just on the progress of the offensive line. Um, despite all the talent we have. I think for me, it was the the running game. Like you said, Bowen, you're, you're playing against yourself. So if one aspect of the game looks like it's good, does that mean it really is? Or does that mean the opposing side of the ball is, is doing well? It's hard to read. Um, after losing Bijan and Roshan, I think the season is going to depend on the productivity of our running game. And it was hard to tell playing against ourselves if all these new guys are going to be good enough and if the offensive line is going to open up holes for them consistently enough. Also, I didn't know about this until they mentioned it on the telecast, but Keelan Robinson tore his ACL and wasn't playing, might not be back before the start of the season. And he was arguably the best known name in that room and the fastest guy at, at the running back position before this season starts. So that hurts even more than losing mm -hmm. your top two guys, you know, um, we'll see. And, and we won't, we won't know because, you know, 
Orange Bloods and Texas 247 are arbiters of misinformation and they're going to have us <laughs> thinking that one of them's going to win the Heisman, which isn't going to happen. Wait, did he tear his ACL? Yeah, they said on the telecast that he did. That also might be misinformation. I know he didn't play. but I know he's hurt. But Baxter I didn't, I didn't. looked pretty good. Cedric looked pretty good. Um, and I didn't know this name before the game, but Kai Woods, he looked pretty good too. So that was kind of good to see. Yeah. TBD on that. Those questions won't be answered for a while. So yeah, we'll see. Oh, the other thing. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but they were doing this quirky thing on kickoffs where the receiver of the kickoff wasn't actually catching the ball. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, they didn't they didn't do any of them. I think they did like a couple punts, but no none no punt drills. The kick um, receiver wasn't even fielding it. Like if the ball was kicked off, they weren't fielding it. They were already out there with the ball in their hands. So one thing I'm really worried about is can we catch kicks? And why aren't we <laughs> practicing that? Um, I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait for the season. Hopefully we can catch one of them. Yeah, if we don't, I'm gonna be pissed. Okay. <laughs> Another topic. Um, will right now be the highest opinion of Sark during his reign as Texas coach. Bowen. Uh, I mean, for hope, I have to say no. I mean, I, I actually um our friend Evan shared this with us. I think Andy probably saw it before Evan shared it too, but um, Sark recently went on the pivot podcast and I watched, I listened to that earlier this week and I thought that was a great, great listen. He talks about a lot of the adversity he went through and kind of battling back from that and um, kind of where he's at right now with, with himself, with his life, with his wife and his faith and, and the team. So I do have a pretty high opinion of him now. Like I think hearing that, like I didn't question his character before, but kind of hearing him articulate all that um, and his approach and philosophy and, and all that, like that was, that was a great listen. Um, so my opinion is pretty high, but surely it, it needs to go higher than that for us to have had a successful, like, you know, time with Sark. Um, Cause otherwise it's just going to be, it's just going to be waste, wasted potential, waste of, waste of, waste of more years and season tickets so i'm gonna have to say no i mean you're playing bama in tuscaloosa like week two i think so there's a 50 50 shot we'll think highly of him you know more highly of him than, than now i don't know i'm not sure and and i'm in a weird place about what do we think about him right now after we got beat down in our bowl game just a few months ago the recruiting's been good. The media has been positive. Uh, we won the spring game, but things can sour really quickly. Also, you start the season one and two. Um, we'll see. I think it will depend on the, the success or failure of the season, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hopefully we don't start one and two because that means we either lost to Wyoming or Rice. <laughs> so that would not be good. You've said um, these things before. <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I get where you come from kevin i mean i think there's definitely based on recent texas history there's definitely a path where you know this is the highest opinion of sark that we'll have the rest of the way however just my opinion i think it's the most talent we've had at texas since the mid 2000s um and even if Sark 
doesn't coach very well this year. I, I still think we're going to be a decently pretty good team. So, if I mean, for me, the only way that, like, this isn't the – or, like, this is the highest opinion of him um, is if we have a lot of injuries and we just – I'm basically just shoot ourselves in the foot. So, um, other than that, I mean, I I would be surprised if we don't improve upon last year. And now, I don't mean, like – that doesn't necessarily mean like we're going to win championships and stuff like that, but I think we're going to make progress from last year, just personally. I hear you. Okay. Um, last, I guess, Texas football outlook related question. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being we just beat USC in the 06 Rose Bowl, and one being we just got beat by 43 points by TCU. Um, how are we feeling about this team headed into the season? Andy? Like I just said, like, I'm pretty optimistic about the season where the talent level is. I, I, we just have a ton of talent across the board, and there's not really a position that I'm like, man, we are screwed in this spot. Um, I, I think we just – we're really – Sark has really recruit, recruited well – all the coaches have developed talent, uh, which we have not been able to say um, at Texas since the Mac Brown days. So I'm going to go with a 7.5. Um, I, I, there's definitely room for improvement um, on that factor. But, yeah, I think 7.5 just shows that I'm pretty excited. But uh, if we do well this season, that's definitely going to go a lot closer to a 10. Bo, what, how are you feeling? I I was wavering between the high sevens and, and low eights. I settled on eight two because I feel like all last year people were saying Eric Naline from Inside Texas was like, this is the year before the year. So now here we are. The year is here. And if I give the year something a six or a seven, what is it all for? Right? I feel like an eight two is I'm still cautiously optimistic. I agree with Andy, but like we got, we got to, we got to stop. I got to stop, you know, hedging my, my emotional optimism and, and, and really go for it. And, and an eight, two is my, is my version of that. So that's, that's what I'm willing to give. Kev, what about you? Same train of thought there, Bowen. Uh, I'm ready for my heart to be broken again. <laughs> I took last year off, hedged my emotions big time. Um, major cognitive dissonance when things were not going well uh, but I, but i'm back in so i'm putting my heart on the line i'm gonna say like 8.8 wow out of, that is high for kev coming eight, out of the lowest out of last season on one of our last podcasts of 2022 i said i felt like it was a legitimate you know this year was a legitimate chance to go to the college football playoff um, and I still feel that way. The major question for us is the running back room. And at this point, we don't know enough to be concerned in other areas. So I'm feeling great. You know, we're in a we're in a conference with a powerhouse that's struggling with Oklahoma trending downwards. There's a lot of motivation for, you know, the players and the team to leave the conference in a dominant fashion after 
10, 12 years of being beat up a little bit. Um, and, and you've got a coaching staff that is solidified. This is Sark's third year. There really hasn't been much turnover in major assistant coaching positions. So staffs and players should have, you know, high level of trust. Players that have been there a couple of years haven't had to relearn a new offense since before Sark came around. Um, you know, all these are great things. That could all change. But yeah, I'm like an 8.8 right now. Positive, positive feels good. Okay. <laughs> We're wrapping up here. If you're still with us, thank you. Um, we like to run some betting segments at the end of each podcast, especially during the regular season. Um, in that fashion, we want to end here today with a quick betting corner update from Bowen. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Um, we're not going to be starting the 2023 betting corner quite yet, but for our listeners, if you are, if you've got the itch, just know there's some early lines out for the Natty and for the Heisman. Texas right now is the seventh most favorite, most likely according to the sportsbook that I'm looking at to win the Natty. We are at 18 to one. So if you like Texas to win the Natty, 18 to one is the number that you'll you'll need. Georgia is the favorite right now with Ohio State and Alabama um, followed followed closely behind. And for the Heisman, you can actually have Quinn at 18 to one as well. So my sports book likes the, the 18 number. Uh, the, the, the favorite for that is Caleb Williams to see if he'll repeat. He's, he's definitely the favorite by a long shot there right now, at least. Um, but we'll see. And then I see way, way, way down below arch at a hundred to one for, for the Heisman. So <laughs> Maybe it's smart money, maybe it's dumb money, but arches arches down there for the taking. So, yeah, we we're not going to be starting the the competition quite yet uh, on the on the podcast. But in case in case you're curious, listeners, you can go Bo, place those bets. Bo, out of uh, out of the Heisman and national championship odds, uh, are there any long shots that like caught your eye? Oh, let's take another look. Other, well, other than the baby deer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about the other, about how, how what the outlook is for the rest of the league. Um, yeah, I, I guess like Michigan, 8-1. to one, They have a lot of returning, folks returning. Um, and then, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure around the Heisman of anything else that looks interesting either. Um, I see Cam rising at sixty to one, but Cam's favorite Hudson Card at a hundred to one. Are, are where is Hudson boys. these days? He's at Purdue. Do we think he's going to start? Yeah, okay. he, he, he's going to start. Good for him. I have some work friends that are big Purdue fans. We can. Uh, talk about that at work. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us once again for, uh, you know, our first football focused podcast here on football on the 40 in quite a while. There's a lot to be 
positive about, frankly, going into the summer. Let's hope our players stay um, healthy and, you know, studious and out of trouble. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this season. Looking forward to seeing Bama. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you on the next Football in the 40. Welcome. Okay.